Bible study, and our continued study of the book of Revelation. just want to lift up the family of um, Johnny Townsend, one of the Brenda and Mark and Mary, and <laughs> Mark and Maggie. Um, Mr. Johnny passed away this this morning at two o'clock peacefully, and we know that he is with the presence of Jesus, absent from the body, is present with the Lord, and we just want to lift up the family during this time. Um, I'm always reminded of Johnny being a student of the Word. Uh, he would always um, have a question. It didn't matter where it was, if it was in Walmart. Um, I'd see him, him and Brenda shopping, and then next thing out of his mouth was, oh, I got a question for you. So um, Johnny was a dedicated man of God, and he truly studied the Word. Tonight we're going to be looking at finishing up chapter 9, and then we're going to move into chapter 10 and complete, hopefully, chapter 10 tonight, because chapter 10 only has 11 verses in it, and um, it takes a break from the uh, the, the um, tribulation and wrath of God, and we see uh, a different perspective um, with the um, the angel in chapter 10, but I want to um, do chapter, complete chapter 9, where we, so we can finish it. Um, chapter 9 um, begins, uh, um, it begins the um, fifth um, trumpet. Um, it's the second woe. And then um, we have to wait to chapter 11 and 12 to get into the, the final um, sequence of judgments or the bold judgments. But tonight we want to complete um, chapter 9. And before we do, let's have a word of prayer together. Almighty God, we're thankful for your word this evening. We ask that you would write your word upon our hearts and help us to be doers of your word and not just hearers alone, but help us to put it into practice. Your word that comes out of your mouth, it does not return void. Give us guidance and direction tonight as we study your word and as we open up this, the, this prophecy of revelation and as we study together in the end times. Unveil your truth to us this, this evening as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, we want to look at, um, go back and look at Revelation um, chapter 9, verses 13 through 15. And um, if you remember the chart of the seven judgments that we used last week, it's easy to, to know. Um, it's easy to see the judgments um, when they're put in in, in order. Um, you have an idea of what they, they look like. Um, so we're in the fifth fifth judgment, um, the fifth trumpet, um, and that is the first woe. Um, and in the previous chapter, in chapter eight, an angel fly, an eagle flies through the air, pronouncing three three woes, and those three woes are the remaining judgments of the trumpet judgments. 
Judgment 5, 6, and 7. And they are um, the three woes, which um, are, are letting um, the earth know and the inhabitants of the earth know that three greater judgments than the first four are going to be unleashed uh, on the world. Um, and we have already dealt with, you know, wormwood, um, and then we've dealt with the third of the sun, moon, and stars um, are causing darkness. And um, so then in chapter five, you know, we chapter um, nine, you know, we have Satan is being loosed. Um, he holds the key to the abyss, and when he opens the abyss, you have a plague of terrible locusts. Now these not are not ordinary locusts; they sting like a scorpion. And they they have the power to inflict suffering, but nobody dies from from the stings that they bring upon the people. God doesn't allow them to die. They suffer for five months, and five months is the life cycle of a locust. It lives for five months. So God allows these locusts, or whatever they are, to inflict pain and suffering on people um, during the um, during the um, tribulation period. At this point. Um, and then we moved into re- trump- Trumpet 6, which is the second woe. And so um, it's chapter 9, verses 13 through 15. And um, four angels that have been bound at the Euphrates will be le- released to kill one-third of mankind. So, um, Kevin, if you have that sheet that I gave you that um, it's got the four angels, four fallen angels on top of you'll put that up on the screen for um, and it's got the scripture there. And so what this what this means is the Euphrates River is the cradle of, of civilization. And this is where God created um, and put Eden, um, the Garden of Eden. Um, so this is where where creation began. It was the cradle of the civilization. It's also the, the boundary between east and west, and it's the furthest boundary from Israel. Um, it is the boundary of Babylon, between Babylon and Israel. Um, this is the place where um, Cain slew Abel. Um, this is the place where Adam sinned. It was the place where the Tower of Babel stood. It was the place where Babylon was built. It was the place where the world government one world government and the one world religion began. So God has held these four angels there in this place, um, and He has bound them to 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 unleash them on the world during the tribulation period. Now, when the devil is released by God to open the abyss, then God allows these angels to be un- unleashed to bring um, judgment and wrath upon the world. Um, so when they, and so then the next, um, the next verse, verses 16 through 18, and it's got on the sheet, Kevin, Revelation 9, 9, 16 and 17, it's got a picture of the Chinese flag on it. Okay. It says um, the number of the mounted troops was two hundred was a hundred million. I heard their number. The horses and riders I saw in my vision looked like this. Their breastplates were fiery red, dark blue, and yellow sulfur. 
Their heads of the horses resembled the heads of lions, and out of the mouths came fire, smoke, and sulfur. So what um, many um, Bible scholars believe that this is China, you know, the 200 million man army of China marching towards Israel. These four angels caused the river Euphrates to dry up so that it can be crossed. And it's interesting, if you look at China, um, the, 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 and I have it on the sheet, if you look at the geographic area of China, and, and you look at, I put a dragon below it, it looks like a dragon. That's the, the symbol of China is a dragon. And the flag is red and yellow, and the army wears dark blue. It's called the yellow pearl, and the national symbol is the dragon. So China will be the army of Armageddon. It will cross the Euphrates River in the east, enter the east to invade Israel. The four angels will use this army to kill one-third of the world's population. In the last part of chapter 9 um, is verses 20 and 21. Those who are not killed by plagues will still refuse to repent of their sins and reject Jesus. The first two sins of the tribulation period are demon worship, Satanism, and idolatry, worship of idols, false gods. And the last four sins of the tribulation period are murder, magic art, sexual immorality, and theft. So we have the, um, once these four angels are released, they will dry the river Euphrates up, and then they will bring in this army of 200 million, and they will kill one-third of the world's population. And they will march toward Israel and wait the coming of the battle of Armageddon. So that will conclude chapter 9. Now we move into chapter 10. And uh, Kevin, you got that picture of the angel that's, you know, you, don't, you don't have it? You didn't get any? Okay. Okay, you have to use your imagination. We have a break in between the judgments, um, like we did before, um, before the seal judgments were completed. Um, you had the uh, commissioning of the 144,000 and the tribulation saints. And then the next chapter um, deals with, um, the next chapter deals with um, the progression of the, of the um, tribulation and the completion of the um, seal judgments. And so, we already have had coming through chapter nine. We have seven, six trumpets completed. Now we have to wait for the seventh um, trumpet, and so that will be in chapter um, twelve, I believe, um, between eleven and twelve. Um, don't quote me on it, but we but we come to a break in the action um, again, and so. In chapter 10, we see something interesting taking place. And this, so, so in chapter 10, um, there's a mighty angel who comes down from heaven. And he comes to earth. And he's dressed um, in a cloud. 
and he has a rainbow, and he has a scroll in his hand. Now, when this angel comes to comes to earth, he has one foot on the land and one foot um, on in the ocean or in the sea. And this is claiming what what this angel is doing is kind of is um, reminiscent, uh, reminding us of what the what the um, Columbus and those people that came um, and founded different parts of our country, they would they would have one foot uh, on the land and one foot on the sea to claim the land and the sea for whoever they represented. Like Columbus came and he. And he had one foot on when he when he came ashore. He had one foot on the this one foot on the land and one foot in the water. And he said, "I claim this land for Spain." Um, and so, a lot of the early um, the, the lower the early explorers, when they found land, they would stand out on the land and they would have one foot in the land and one foot on the one foot on the um um one foot in the land and one foot in the water, and they would claim that land for whoever um, they represented. Um, you know, they would claim it for France, claim it for the United States, or claim it for um, um, Great Britain. Um, and you, so, so in the early um, exploration years of our world, a lot of uh, a lot of the scenes um, when when these um, uh, explorers would find land they would they would claim it for the government that they represent um so this is what the angel is doing here he comes to earth and he has a scroll okay and the scroll is is what is what is called the deed to the world um the 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 world um has ex, the 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 world has an expiration date um or, or the deed that was that was lost by Adam and 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 given over to Satan because of Adam's sin because Adam was disqualified, but it has an expiration date on it. Okay, and so the expiration date is about to expire, and so God has got the deed to the world in His hand, and we see that in um chapter um five. G, G, at the end of chapter four and chapter five, he, he has that scroll and he gives it over to Jesus, and that that is the land. Um, that is the land. Um, that is the um, the property of the world system, and so Jesus is the only person able to take that scroll. He is, you know, a perfect human and he's also God and so he is representative of Adam and so he takes that scroll from God to begin the judgment of reigning in the dominion over the world from Satan and so we see that after going through two periods of judgment going through first the, the sealed judgments and now almost completing the trumpet judgment the angel comes forth and he before I, I, I go any further let me read that to you it's um Revelation chapter ten, and it's it's um it's eleven verses, and this is reading from the King James version. 
And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his, upon his head, and his face was like the sun, and his feet were like pillars of fire. And he had in his had in his hand a little book open, and he set and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his foot left left foot on the earth. And I cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth, and when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. An angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven, and he swore by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven, and the things that there are in, and the earth, and the things that that are in, and the sea, and the things which are herein, and the and there should be no, should be no time, no long, should be time no longer, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be fit, finished, as he hath declared to his servants the prophets, and the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth and I went unto the angel and said unto him give me the the little book and he said unto me take it and eat it and it shall make thy belly bitter but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey and I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So in this chapter, we have an angel that's coming out of heaven. And he comes to earth, and he doesn't bring any judgments with him. He has a scroll in his hand, and he's an angel with symbolic um, symbols. Um, he's dressed up with symbolic symbols um, that represent God and his majesty. So the angel comes, and he's clothed with a cloud, and he has a rainbow on, on his head. His face was like the sun, and his pillar um, his feet were like pillars of fire, okay? Now, the angel, as I said, he has in his hand a little scroll, and the scroll is the deed to the world system. Um, and so he's coming to claim the world for God. As you remember the story of Adam, when Adam fell, um, Adam was God's representative on the earth, and God, God was um, Adam's link to the world. And so God, Adam was perfect without sin. And because Adam sinned, he was disqualified for being the quote-unquote king of the world. And so that fell over to the devil. Um, the devil tricked Adam out of the dominion of the world. Because remember when, when God told Adam, he said, Go forth and take dominion of the world. Take ownership of the system of the world that I've given you. But, at, at, but Adam, because of his sin, was no longer able to be God's representative because you had to be without sin. 
And so because Adam was, was, was a sinful being now because he disobeyed God and ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he was no longer um, qualified to represent God because of his sin, because everybody knows that sin separates us from God. And so Adam lost the deed of the world system over to the devil. And so the devil had that, that, um, the devil had that deed of the world system when Jesus came into the world. And when Jesus began his ministry, he was led by the Holy Spirit out into the wilderness, and the devil came and, and tempted him. And so the last of the temptations, um, the devil showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world in an instant and told him, I will give you all this. All you must do is fall down and worship me. And so, um, and the reason why the devil could do that is because the devil had the ownership of that. The devil had the deed to, to those kingdoms and he could give them to Jesus if he wanted to. He had the authority to do so. Well, that um, de- that that deed uh, has an expiration date on it, and we see the expiration date is up, um, and that is why the tribulation period is unleashed, so that God can take power over from the devil, over from the world system, and and that sin has got has to be judged. Right now, we're in the grace period. And we, we come to heaven through the cross and not of our own works, but we come to come to the cross through grace and what Jesus has done on the cross for us. But the but the, in the end time, sin will be judged. And this is what God is doing. He's cleaning up the world, judging sin and bringing justice to the world upon the sinners that have refused to accept him as Lord and Savior. And so this angel now, after the, the sixth trumpet has sounded, comes to earth with this scroll. And he puts his um, right foot on the land and the left foot. Um, see if I get that right. Okay, right foot upon the sea and left foot on the earth. I had it mixed up. Um, and he is claiming this world now for God. And so he has a rainbow. He's clothed uh, with a cloud. And, you know, we know that clouds are, um, they represent the presence of God and the return of Jesus. And in the Old Testament, um, God led the Israelites um, to Mount Sinai through a, a cloud by day uh, and a pillar of fire by night. And then Jesus, uh, when Jesus ascended to heaven, he ascended in the cloud, in a cloud, and he returned in the clouds at the second coming. And also, um, you know, when Jesus was um, on the mountain of transfiguration, a cloud came down and engulfed the whole mountain. And and there was um, Moses and Elijah seen talking with Jesus. So that um, this angel because he's dressed in a cloud, represents God's presence. Um, also, he has a, um, a rainbow um, encircled upon his head, um, and, and we all know that the rainbow is a um, the rainbow is a um, symbol of God's promise um, that. 
God promised that he would not send the world into a worldwide flood again after Noah. And so the rainbow symbolizes this, this angel has come with God's promises. Um, also, it, it tells us that this angel has a, is dressed, um, he, he has um face was shining like the sun. His face was shining like the sun. And the sun is representative of in the Old Testament Moses came down from the mountain and his face shone with the presence of God. And when John saw Jesus on the island of Patmos, um, that Jesus' face was shining like the sun. Uh, this is what is called the Shekinah glory. And so this angel is shining um, with God's presence. Um, this angel has been in the presence of God. And it says that his feet were like pillars of fire. And fire represents judgment. So this angel uh, has been in the presence of God. He represents God. He's there to hold the promises of God, and he's there to bring judgment. He has, he, he has uh, and then when he speaks, the word of God says, that um, he cries out with a voice like a lion, and that when he did cry, the he cried out. There are seven thunders um, uttered their voices, and we don't know what that means with the seven thunders because God said to seal it up and not to reveal it, don't not to reveal what they said. But we know that the lion represents Jesus. So this angel not only comes to represent God, but he also comes to represent Jesus. He's come to speak on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would have to say that the, thun the seven thunders, I would have to say, says that um, seven thunders, I would have to say that that's the Holy Spirit. Um, And then verse 5 says, And the angel which I saw stood upon the sea, and, a, and upon the earth lifted his hands to heaven. And he swore by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that therein, and the earth and the things that are therein, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be no time longer. Okay. Now what the angel is doing is, like I said, he is declaring the world belongs to God. He's, he's declaring that everything in the world, the world system, belongs to God. And that there's no time um, left. That it's time to take possession. God has come, he has come to take possession of it. 
But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, that's the last trumpet, a mystery of God should be finished and hath declared to servants, to, um, to the, his servants, the prophets. Okay, let's look at verse um, 10. Okay, there's um, seven mysteries of God. Verse number seven, excuse me. There's the mystery of the rapture in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one. The mystery of Israel's blindness in Romans eleven twenty five. The mystery of God's wisdom in 1 Corinthians two seven. The mystery of Christ and the church Ephesians five thirty one and thirty two. The mystery of Christ in us is Colossians chapter one verses twenty six through twenty seven. The mystery of the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 13. The mystery of godliness, 1 Timothy 3.16. So those are the seven mysteries of God um, that are talked about in Revelation 10.7. Now, and the angel spoke, verse 8, and, and when the voice which I heard from heaven spoke, spake unto me again, and I said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and the land. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it, and eat it up. It shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said to me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Okay, these three verses um, reveal that, that John is told by God to go and take possession of this scroll that's hold, held on to the angel. And he's told by God to eat it. He's told ahead that the, 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 the scroll... Um, would make his make his his mouth taste like honey, but when he when he digested it, it would make his stomach sick. Um, and so John goes and takes um the scroll and eats it, and it's it's um reminds us of Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. I will be putting my word into your mouth. Um, in Ezekiel 3, verses 1 through 15, Ezekiel ate the scroll from God. Um, and so this is, implies the Word of God. Um, it must be revealed. It can bring joy and comfort. It can bring peace and hope. To our lives. But it also brings judgment. It also can bring rebuke, discipline, and correction. The Word of God is sharper than any two edged sword. It can separate bone from marrow, 
and it can separate the truth from a lie. And so John eats this eats this um, scroll. He takes it and eats it, and it tastes sweet in his mouth like honey because it's the Word of God. The Lord says, come and taste and see that I am good. And so he eats this this fruit. This He eats this fruit. He eats this scroll. And then as it begins, he begins to digest it. It makes him sick to his stomach. Because he knows that it, it, God reveals to him that the judgment, the wrath, and tribulation is not completed. That he has to go on and endure a little longer until God can bring the ending of the tribulation period. Like I said, there's one more trumpet judgment that is left, and then there's six bowl judgments that, that is left until the completion of the tribulation period before the second coming of Christ. And so John has to be, continue to be the prophet because sometimes being the prophet isn't easy because because the Word of God is is profitable for all people. Um, it can bring us hope and can bring us comfort in our time of need, but it also can bring rebuke. And sometimes it's not easy to be the prophet because sometimes the the word of God can 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 bring correction. It can bring discipline to the house of God, and sometimes people just don't want to hear it. Like they ran off, they didn't want to listen to Jeremiah. Threw him in the and they threw him in jail and tried to shut him up. But you know Jeremiah had to prophesy what God put on his heart. And sometimes it's not always easy to be the prophet. You know, sometimes, you know, we believe in the Word of God, but sometimes we have to take stand, and we have to we have to sh- preach our convictions, and sometimes it's not popular in our world today to make a stand on your convictions because everybody else thinks one way and you think something else. The same way what happened to Jeremiah is that, you know, he 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 took a stand and preached what God told him to, and so did Ezekiel and all the prophets of God. They had to they they had to go against being the popularity of the society in the same way as today. We have to make a stand for what is right and what the conviction of what the Spirit Holy Spirit puts on our our hearts and minds, and we have to make a stand. And sometimes it's not always easy to be to 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 be in that position that God puts us in. To be the prophet, and that's why that 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 John knows that the Lord is going to use him to to hold on a little bit longer to endure this until the end comes, and that through that judgment still has to proceed, wrath still has to be poured out. This the bold judgments have to be open and poured out on the world, and and so that the seven year tribulation period can be completed, and so this is this brings an end. <coughs> To chapter ten, so we cover chapter nine and chapter ten, and next week we will be we will go through chapter eleven, and it has um, nineteen verses, and it begins the um we in in the um chapter eleven um, we meet the two um, witnesses that God sends to Jerusalem to witness. Um, and and we and so we we witnessed their preaching in in Jerusalem 
in chapter 11. And so chapter 10 brings us, um, there's a respite to the judgment. God has, has sent the angels to claim the world for his kingdom and his power and majesty. And God is sending the angel to let the world know that judgment is still coming. That God is a good God filled with promises, but he is going to uphold his word. And that John upholds the word and that he um, shares the good news of God's love. But God's love will judge the world from its sins. So next week, hope you'll tune in to be with us for chapter 11 of the book of Revelation. Um, hope that you were blessed by our Bible study tonight. Um, want to remind everybody that we'll be opening to, to in-person worship services this coming Sunday. Um, so hope that you will, you will um, be in attendance with us. Um, as we come out of this quarantine due to COVID-19. And may God bless you. Um, and may God keep you. And may God shine his light upon you. And give you peace. And hope that you will be with us next week. As we study Revelation chapter two, 11. And we meet the two witnesses. Um, good night and God bless.